now that the blistering heat is just starting to pass, why don't we talk about how much space in your garden you should dedicate for your fall crops? Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your host, Ben in Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody, before we get started, I want to remind you that we are a listener-funded show. So if you'd like to support us, there's a couple ways you can do it. One, link below to Patreon. Come join our Patreon. Listen to two extra episodes a month. Um, and then also check us out on YouTube. Give us a subscribe. It's at Backyard Gardens TV. You can see the smaller episodes, uh, videos, all kinds of stuff on there. So those are the two ways you can support us and uh, keep this show rolling so we can get you good in your gardens. Okay. So are you ready for fall? I am. You are. So this is um, this uh, this specific series that we're going into now is all about fall. We want to get everybody ready for fall. Um, I'm ready for fall, but I'm sad that summer's ending. So there's that. Why do you look like you're about to cry? But my loud printer <laughs> had yeah. been like offline, and then it kicked online, but it's done. So I. Let the show roll on. Keep rolling. So anyways, um, this was actually a listener question and we took it, we decided, usually we do listener questions um, in the mini-sodes, but we wanted to make a full episode of this because we felt like it was really important. So without further ado, I'm going to read the question right quick. Ooh. Ooh. All right. So um, this comes from Dorian. And she emailed it to us on Backyard Gardens TV. Uh, if you'd like to also, you can send them through YouTube or Patreon gets priority so we can do all that stuff. So definitely send us your questions and we can get to them on air. But what percentage of your garden do you use for spring crops? We're going to make it fall crops. Same thing applies to both, though. This is the first year I've ever tried to grow spring veggies, and I'm worried I may have gone overboard and not left enough room for all my summer crops. Do you try to fill a certain percentage of your garden with spring crops and leave the rest open for summer crops? Thanks for your help. So this one, um, we're going to... We got it a little bit later in the year. We didn't feel like it was good for an episode, you know, towards the middle of spring. But now it's perfect timing to coming into fall, I believe. Some of the concepts that we'll talk about, or just things to consider, I think they'll be important across seasons. Um, at the same time, you know, what you do in fall is going to be different than what you did in summer, is going to be different than what you did in spring. And yeah. the first, I could go in the other order. Um, but the idea is you should be able to take away from this, apply it to kind of where you're headed into for fall. You know, again, opening up this series because, I mean, you can't have a fall garden if you don't have a place to plant stuff for fall, right? Um, but yeah. we'll see how much of it will carry over and apply to spring. We may have to re-answer this question next year. You never know. Yeah, and there is a justification for that for sure because there are nuances to each season. But I think the general concept can come across. And then I think in the spring we may need to revisit it. Um, so we'll see. But it's it's always been a tough question to answer for myself personally. You know what I mean? Especially like if we focus from summer to fall, a lot of things are still producing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what are what are your what are our goals? What do we want to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of our summer gardens, I'm going to speak for all of you. So a lot of our summer gardens. That's what we do on this show. No, I definitely don't do it, but I'm going to do it all of this episode. <laughs> no, uh, so a lot of the things in your summer garden stay in place until disease kills them or weather kills them. Yeah. Right. 
Sure, there's some things where your beans just stop producing. They still look okay. They're not producing. It's not cold. There's always going to be some exceptions. Um, But it's always been my style of gardening to just let everything keep on rolling all the way through summer. Um, And even as I've shifted to additional seasons growing, you know, a garden, it's still been, you know, I'm going to leave these things until they can't give any more. And they're absolutely, while there's a date on the calendar where one season starts and the day before the other season ended, um, there's still overlap, right? You're not planting your fall garden on the first day of fall. You know, you're not, generally speaking, you're not planting your summer crops the first day of summer. You're not planting your spring crop. It just doesn't work that way. So you're absolutely going to have in the midst of summer, you're going to have things that you're doing to prepare for fall, right? And you also need to consider as we're in the midst of summer or planning for summer or whatever have you, what space are you going to use for fall? Um, So when it comes to how much space, I wish I could say I dedicate a certain set of space just for that next season's crops. We can kind of couch it as that, you know, the next season. Um, I hope one day I can get to that. The answer for me is I don't. The answer for me is it's a struggle Um, when it comes to the timing of some crops. It's easier for me to make decisions, meaning I have access to more information to make decisions from summer to fall. Uh, Spring is anyone's guess. I know I rambled a bit there. Yeah, let's not. um, I, I think for the sanity of me. Let's not focus on spring during this conversation because okay. I'll get mad confused. Because, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because each year that my garden grows, my I'm just going to call it a percentage, even though I don't really go plan out a percentage. But each year my garden grows, the percentage changes mm-hmm. for what I add to a garden. So you know, for the next season, and part of the conversation really is. I mean, I, I feel like this is a trend through these series is planning. You know, mm-hmm. it's planning ahead to an extent, but it's also understanding what you can grow, when you can grow it, what times of year it thrives. And mm-hmm. these are things, all these things we're going to talk about throughout the series. Um, but specifically like today, I my, my plan as of right now is I'll go through... And I'll tell you like what's growing in a bed and how I plan to transition over and mm-hmm. how I plan not to transition some things over as well. Because there are so many factors that come into fall that don't come into spring. And that's really important. And some of them are, you know, very hot topics and some of them are not very hot topics by gardeners, even though they should be. And, you know, we planning that ahead and when i say planning ahead it's not like i have in my head come april what it's going to look like in september and october and beyond but as we get into july and august you start getting you know you you start transitioning your mind because a gardener always needs to be a little bit more forward thinking in the seasons and you know all these different aspects So let's do it just my baseline. For me, in the springtime, the weather is going from cool to warm, right? The days are getting longer. For me, and what we'll continue to talk about, in the summertime going into fall, we're obviously going from really warmer weather to cooler weather. Right. You know, and the days ultimately are getting shorter. So put that in the back of your head, because that matters when it comes to um, what I'll be planting, where I'll be planting. Right. You know, so it's not just a percentage of your garden. It depends on how your garden layout is as well. Right. You know, and so I've actually, I think, stumbled into what could be a pretty kick ass fall garden because I have so many open spaces and open beds. Um, So I had a plan in mind and I am really focused on like feeding into this fall space. And it's my hope that I've stumbled into it and I may get like the amount of bed space as a another baseline for me. So. All of that said, um, I think it'd be great for you to dedicate 
a amount of space for your fall crops, plainly put, no matter if it's empty or not. So you'll dedicate a certain amount of space based on what you want to grow for your fall garden. Now the question becomes, how do you navigate around what you already have planted, what you don't have planted, what you put in, what you plan on putting in for spring, or excuse me, for summer, and then going into fall and the timing of it all. Yeah, and and within what you said, there's definitely similarities between the two seasons. Oh, I'm off of spring. I'm off of spring. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying, I want to acknowledge that there's similarities between it, but at the same time, they are complete opposites. And that's something, so... You know, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. But what I want to say is ultimately in my garden, I go to 100% fall. Mm. And with that said, we're going to take the station break and we're going to come back and we're going to break this down and give you layouts and stuff like that. That we use in our gardens doesn't mean it'll work for you, but we'll get it done. All right, everybody. So, um, Big Pop is going to lead the show here, apparently. <laughs> but Tavy just sent me a chat, and I just I couldn't help it. I had to announce it. Uh, we've been accused of not letting people in on our inside jokes, so there you go. Um, so I don't want to ignore spring and fall, and I want to spend just a couple minutes breaking down how they're the same and different at the same time because it's mm-hmm. kind of confusing. And so Batavia had mentioned that spring, which I kind of slightly disagree with what you said, but I don't live where you do. But I feel like you go from like extremely cold to like lukewarm in spring. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I could go with that. Yeah. I mean, that's nuance. I guess I'm just trying to say that weather was cold and at some point weather is going to get hot. And there's definitely warm and hot and cool and cold all again. You know, but... And the similarity is that the temperature changes, but mm-hmm. the words different is summer, you're going from like really hot to like cool. And it's like a step down approach. So, and I know there's listeners in like zone three, I think we have a listener and maybe even zone two. So, um, it's a little different for you, I'm sure, but it hey, usually, yeah, it usually doesn't just go straight cold. But then at the same time, you mentioned that there's more sunlight. You're like, you you have shorter days going into longer days Mm -hmm. and the spring, which makes it easier to grow. But then in the fall, you have longer days going to shorter days, which can be tricky. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, those things are like, there's the the similarities and the differences in those. And you have to take those into account. And that's where we kind of open up with um, the amount of sunlight you're getting. And in particular, the difference is the angle of the sun. So this is that subject that's not very attractive, but it's like super important. And in the fall, the sun angle is much lower. So for instance, let's say you're like me and you have trees around your yard in the fall, the sun is going to be up for, you could look like it at like, um, what's your favorite website? Timeanddate.com. Yep. Shout out to them. I'm literally on it now looking at the, uh, Um, number of total hours of sun. Perfect. I love that you are doing that because Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter in the fall necessarily because that angle is so low of the sun that it may not be actually hitting your garden, even though the sun is up. It may not be hitting your garden. But in the spring, it's the opposite because it's the angle is getting higher and higher and higher. So each day you're getting more and more sun. So it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it definitely I think both are definitely you definitely need to keep both into account. And sometimes it's, you know, uh, learn by trial and fire. Right. You know, so um, when you think about a, a cabbage plant, let's take a cabbage. Right. So the cabbage plant is either being started from seed or being transplanted into your garden because we're clearly still talking about spring. Uh, I'm actually going to say for for fall. So it is going to be put into your garden at some point, either in late summer or very early fall. And you're looking at warmer days still, right? Um, You still have, and for the purpose of this, the sun matters because again, you have a bit more sun, a bit more heat. I'm going to put all of those things in one ball. Yeah. So the beginning of the growth of that plant, which prefers cooler weather, 
cooler temps. It's basically saying I'm born into, you know, potentially really warm weather, even depending on your timing. Right. You know, and so when it comes to, um, kind of daylight hours and the placement of the sun, it starts to matter more so for fall towards the end of its growth. Right. You know, once it gets closer to maturity where it's, everything is really flipped on the other side when it comes to spring. That's another distinction between spring and fall. Um, Also to note, when you think about, actually, I'm going to save that bit about kind of uh, days to maturity because I want to cover off on that in the next episode in the series. So if you look at the space that you're in and where you're going to dedicate, what space you're going to dedicate to your fall garden, think about the last 15 minutes of the dialogue, right? And think about what space makes most sense for your fall garden, right? Um, And for some of us, we probably already have things planted in it. That's okay too, right? But those are the considerations that I think are important when it comes to where your fall plantings will live. Um, and then back to the original question of how much space, like, I feel like that just really ties down to what veggies you want to grow. Well, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, and that's where the planning portion comes in is like, figure out what you want to grow before you even start thinking Mm -hmm. about, I mean, you know, it's like right now, um, I have another, this is another year of an insane butternut squash plant. (laughs) Super Um, cool. So... It's one plant taken up like 40 square feet. Okay. Now, within that same square feet, now, granted, it's coming out of the bed and in my yard and everything, but let's say it was contained in that bed. I mean, think about that. Like, there's not, hold on, let me think real quick. Yeah. There's not a fall, a fall crop that is going to take up that much space with one plant. Mm-hmm. But on the converse, there's not, a fall plant, let me, hold on, let me think one more time. There's not many fall plants that will produce multiple fruits on one plant. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's take out peas and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. that being said, like, if I'm coming in and, I mean, let's just hone in on cabbage. Because most, truth be told, most um, cool weather crops fall within the square foot gardening rule of like a square foot per plant, roughly, give or take. You know, um, I know you roll your eyes, but, you know, you have your cabbage. Well, I, sh- I was shaking my head less th- more so than rolling my eyes. I got some cabbage right now that I should be harvesting that easily is spread across two feet easily. Yeah. Well, and that's... But it, I've and- had varieties that have been smaller, too. You know, I want to do a whole series about debunking some of that stuff, but I don't think I'm smart enough to handle that. <laughs> I'm just going to take my measuring tape. And just take pictures and post them with "aha" as the caption. (laughs) Yeah, but um, so you know, thinking about what you want to grow is like your first step before doing this. And you know, as we go through, you know, as you're going through your garden, you can start thinking like, okay, well, I want to grow, you know, cabbage and turnips and collards and all this stuff. But the other question is, is what are you going to do with all of that produce? So. Maybe you don't need to grow, fill up 100% of your garden. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't yeah, want to as well. I think for sure. I think that while we are we aren't talking about spring necessarily, I think it'd be great to focus on what you want to grow for summer and what you want to go grow for uh, your cool weather crops. You know, yeah. so in this case for fall. Right. And so once you have those things identified and you can decide if you want to make a list or whatever, have you get your notebook or, you know, keep it in your head. But once you have that identified, then you start to think about the quantity, which, again, it's it's still a hard thing. This is I've been at this for a minute. It's still hard for me. But you start thinking about quantity um, and then you start thinking about kind of um uh, it's life cycle days to maturity. We're not even going to mix in saving seeds here because that's just going to complicate everything. But you think about those things and do you want more crops that are the cool weather nature? Yeah. Versus do you want more crops that are more summer like? 
Like when I'm talking about like, think about your harvest is what I'm actually talking about. How much food do you want from these seasons? Which we're going to go back to say, what type of food are you growing? I am so close to taking like um, the cheat, which may be just a genius idea. Like I am looking right in this moment and saying, F it all. My front yard garden gets the most sun. It's going to be spring plantings and fall plantings. I'm just going to be sunbathing in those empty beds during the summer. That's it. That's all. My backyard garden is going to be dedicated to summer. You know, it's not the sunniest spot, but when you talk about the longest days, that's it. I'm not trying to figure any of this out anymore. That's like, that's like right where I'm right in this moment. Can I tell you a story real quick? You triggered a childhood memory. I don't know. You got 40 minutes to talk me off of that ledge. I got Go two sec. I got 20 seconds. So when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I lived on a busy street. Um, and my mom, she used to lay out in the front yard on the on a main street and sunbathe. It was so embarrassing. Did everybody be like, oh, I saw your mama outside in a bathing suit. And I'm like, oh, come on. She would do it like every day, too. It, it was super embarrassing and but. in this moment i can't wait to meet your mom <laughs> well you better she'll give you an ear beating so <laughs> she can talk boy yeah you know where i get it from but um no you're exactly right and it's first of all what, uh, i'm team do it first I'm, of all i'm sorry don't apologize i thought i was finished with no it's just it's my manners i thought i was finished with the thought my desire is to have things growing in my garden all of the growing season. Every square inch of it. Yeah. That's my desire. Doesn't make it wise. It doesn't make it smart. It doesn't make it what I really should be aspiring to do. But in my head, that's what I want. So as I walk by empty spaces in my garden right now, which I have quite as kept, I only have two of them. Right. I just look and say, she could have planted better. If I had a growing season that went almost all of the year, maybe I wouldn't feel this way. But I kind of feel like, oh, the time is so short. I got to get to it. Right. I'm going to look back and say, I can't believe, you know, the middle of August, I still had this space open. Um, And so there's a part of me that believes that. And that's the reason why I think that, you know, it's revolutionary to say some of these beds are just going to be empty for months by plan, you know, because that's counter to what my desire is. Um, I still don't know which one's right for me. What's right, right for you could be different. What I can say for sure is that whole idea of dedicating. And again, I know everyone doesn't have the luxury of having a front yard garden and a backyard garden, but you can apply this to any of your growing spaces, whether you're, they're your containers, whether you they're your, um, you know, raised beds, whatever have you. A certain space is dedicated to growing at a certain time. Again, I'm not recommending it, but if that's what's going to be. What works for you? Fine. It's easier on my mind. But what I do know is that doesn't produce the most food. And that's the place I also want to be. Well, so when I said earlier that I ultimately go to 100% fall, I ultimately plan to go 100% fall and I plant 100% fall and I fail at 100% fall. But at the same time, I do it because I'm like, what do I have to lose at this point? It's like a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And actually, this year, I'm changing that mentality a bit. And I'm, I'm actually formulating, I think I'm formulating a semi-educated plan. So, um, let me check our episode list. I don't want to really step on our toes for anything. Yeah. Okay, we're not. So, <clears throat> can I kind of go into how I'm planning on, like, like we're recording this at um, the beginning of August. It's 98 degrees. Um, you know, fall couldn't be further from my mind, but at the same time I'm looking at my beds and, you know, for instance, I have a sweet potato bed, you know, um, I'm, I took a gamble this year and planted it in a bed that I actually don't think is going to do very well, but it's in my rotation process. So mm-hmm. I'm doing it. But that being said, I know that come September 12th, between the 12th and the 15th, that bed gets harvested completely. It'll be empty. That is a prime location and a prime time to start putting in plants. 
you know, I'll, I'll pull all my sweet potatoes out, empty that bed. Um, hope to God I get some date night sweet potatoes, but if I don't, I don't. But at the same time, I can amend that bed and I can start hardening off my seedlings because I start all mine from seed. So that's a good place to go. And then I'm looking around and I'm saying, okay, now in previous years, I've noticed that bed two and three and four technically don't get a lot of sun in the fall and winter because I can grow mostly through the winter. Things kind of go dormant because of the amount of sun. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I'm going to plant something in those beds, that I need to be very strategic about what I put into that bed. It needs to be a quick crop or something like that. You know, now on the other side, I have two beds that get a lot of sun all winter. So I know that I can plant in those and get plenty of sun, which in return will give them heat during the days so they Mm -hmm. can grow. So the beds that don't get a lot of sun, I'm saying, let's do a quick crop. Let's be in and out. Let's get done. You know, by Christmas time, they should be done. And then I can amend them and just let them rest for a couple months, you know, and that's that's part of my plan, because ultimately what I've done in the past is one of those beds like last year I planted and it took forever for things to grow. But then once they started to grow, it was already becoming spring. And then I was like stepping on my own toes, trying Mm. to get stuff in the ground. And it was really, you know, it's almost an uphill battle at some point. So coming back at it with an educated, and when I say educated, I mean experience Mm. of paying Mm -hmm. attention to these different factors, these different timelines, knowing your general weather, your zones, all those things, keeping out and looking into the future, I know what I can let rest and what I can really push a little bit harder. And that's going to be really important moving forward. Yeah, this is probably 18, 19, 20, 21. This is the fifth year that I've been paying attention to like, what the garden looks like and like, you know, kind of where sun is and all of that, like uh, how plants are performing once I get to the end of summer, closer to fall. This is the, probably the fifth year. Let's just say that it's the fifth year that I've made an attempt to grow things like plant net new things for fall. Um, And uh, we're way beyond my three years. So I should have this unlocked. Um, and that's not to say it takes this many years, but there's definitely some, you know, fits and stops. Right. You know, yeah. so I I have had some successes. I've had some some things that haven't been as successful. Direct sowing for me hasn't been as successful when I'm trying to squeeze things in to my garden unless it's like a clear bed, unless it's a clear row, unless it has a clear opportunity to get that sun, although it's lower in the sky. Right. Transplanting things in has been much better of a success. Um, and so if I'm going into this is the fifth year that I've been paying attention, this is probably the fourth year that I've really had uh, third or fourth year that I've really had kind of true plantings for each of the three seasons, spring, summer and fall. Um, and so that also allows me to start getting used to what I want to eat around certain times of the year as well, um, which also pours into Um, the space that I want to try to dedicate to it. You said something like your sweet potatoes are coming out between September, what, 12th and 15th. Mm -hmm. There's so much in that sentence because the schedule, the time, as soon as you lock in on, you know what time things are ready to harvest. Don't lose that piece of it because that's a huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to this. So you have a space that is going to be empty and then you'll still get three months of growing out of it. You know, I'm just estimating three months. Um, that can determine whether or not you're saving space for your fall plantings, or if you're going to be able to say, all right, I'm just going to move one crop out and another set of crops in, right? So back to the uh, listener question, I think that's critical. And I don't think it's a one size fit all for some of our gardens. I think it's different methods and different techniques. You may have an empty row right now that you're planting in, whether it's direct sowing or putting some transplants in, and then you may have another part of your garden that you're focused on, like 
the sweet potatoes where you'll be pulling plants out just before you put more plants in. That's all a part of the formula, I think, for deciding um, kind of where your fall plantings will be and ultimately how much space you're going to dedicate to it. Yep. So, first of all, um, I hate that we're not on camera today because your fingernail colors, uh, fingernail painting is perfect for this. And I want to skip. Oh, yeah, don't you'd... say that. This is it's like um, it's not a burnt orange, which would be fall. It's supposed to be a brighter orange because this is this is like the Halloween second manicure of the year. And I'm super excited about it. And so the girl that was doing the nails, I, I had one color of mine and I saw hers. And I'm like, oh, that's what I want. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit extra. Uh, but here like we it. are. Well, like you it. said fingernail paintings, which I think is the cutest thing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> well, what is thank it called? You. I'll just talk with my hands. Uh, was fingernail it? Well, you do polish already. That's or, how I noticed yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, your fingernail polish. polish. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to vogue the entire thing. If you guys want to see a fun uh, set of posts, go to the Backyard Gardener on Instagram and look for the post where young Ben is framing up all the peaches he harvested from his peach tree. (laughs) Just thank me later. It's the best thing. My wife said, you know, she's into high fashion stuff, which I mean she looks at it but nobody can afford that stuff but she was i was like let's do a photo shoot she's like vogue it up i was like okay (laughs) like i know how to do that so that was my attempt but i was gonna say that i harvested my garlic um like a month and a half ago Mm -hmm. and then my my question was what do i put in its place and i went and parsnips need to go in pretty early so i sewed parsnips well then it got like crazy dry or no, it got crazy wet, crazy dry. The weeds started taking over and stuff. So then I, I today I had to replant all of them. So I replanted and mulched them. So basically I have a bed that's almost empty all summer. And so it was like, okay, but it wasn't a big deal to me because I know that that bed's continually getting sun right now. I can get those parsnips going and then they'll still grow in the winter, but they won't explode but it's a good crop to have in there because I can pull it up, you know, and I know how that crop acts. Mm-hmm, so I can mm-hmm. pull it up. I can leave them in there and use that as the refrigerator. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, other portions. Like I had another part of, I, I planted carrots. Um, I did two sowings of carrots this year. I did one in the fall and one in the spring. And the one in the fall did, um, it did pretty good. My, I didn't keep up with it because I didn't expect much. But then once it came to harvest, I was like, wait a second. I think fall is my time to grow carrots. So that being said, the one that I grew in the spring, they bolted. I ended up saving a lot of carrot seeds. So um, my seed saving buddy, if you need some carrot seeds, I got you back. So we did that. And then it was empty. So I dropped some more tomato plants and I did a second sowing of tomato plants. Now, at that time, I could have said, you know what, I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to mulch it and cover it and let it sit for about a month and then replant it. But I made that decision because I had so much time left over, you know, and my knowledge of carrots is they don't like to germinate when it's over 80 degrees because we did the you should grow series with carrots. Mm -hmm. So check that out. But um, that being said, like I knew that wouldn't work. So I had, I wanted to put something in its place. I was like, well, why not just get it, try and get a second crop of tomatoes, which I've never really mastered, but you know, all of these things come into to play, but at the same time, I'm prepared to rip stuff out of the ground when it's time, because I know it's not going to produce. And that is one of the final, in my mind, the final hurdles in order to have a successful fall garden and to a lot, the amount of space that you want. So I, I came up with another excuse. Uh, I'm sorry, explanation as to why it's more difficult for me to rip <laughs> things out. Um, my, doesn't matter if I could change things and be in a different position. This is where I am year over year. My fruit bearing plants are oftentimes producing fruit getting towards the later bit of June, excuse me, July, early bit of August. Yeah. So when we're talking about preparing for your fall garden, I'm just at the beginning of even determining, you know, what I'm getting, how successful some of these summer plants are. 
So it definitely is there's an, an emotion tied to this. Right. Like, I don't know how many I haven't been getting tomatoes and peppers for months. I don't know how many or how little. Right. And so I'm still trying to give those plants the best chance, which also takes you back to planning. Right. You know, so it's okay for me to leave a tomato plant in the garden from some point in May to September. Right. As long as I've not fooled myself to think that I'm going to have some kick butt fall veggies in that space. You know, so those are those are kind of the it's a part and part of sacrifice. Right. You know, Um, and that's that's okay too. I think if you look at um, the size of the vegetables, how many you want of the vegetables, your planting style, direct sowing, starting from seed. uh, Great shout out to the carrots when it came to germination um, times. That's one of the mistakes I've made as well. Um, trying to sow cool weather crops, direct sow cool weather crops um, when the weather is too hot for that particular cool weather crop to germinate. Yeah. Um, so I have done a bit more of um, starting more plants in uh, from seed under lights indoors. I haven't stopped direct sowing because I had, similar to you, a whole garlic bed that I harvested and it's like, now what, you know? And I really wish I would have had some transplants ready, which again, it's a lesson. I really wish I would have had some transplants ready, but I spent so much time trying to figure out what the hell to to follow garlic with, but that's a different conversation. Um, So, I mean, I think that we won't get into, in this episode, um, I'm gonna say it, but we're not gonna get into it any further. That's my word. Also, when you're thinking about the place and how much space to dedicate to fall. Know whether or not you plan on providing some type of protection for those plants once fall really gets underway. Because the space, the amount of space you dedicate and the actual space you select, it may be difficult or super easy. So if that's your plan, if that's a desire of yours, consider that when you're deciding on how much space and where. Well, and we will discuss that in a in an episode upcoming. So we wanted to kind of space them out so you'd be closer to the time to make that decision. Um, but so uh, wait, I want to go have, back. You said a hundred percent. You go a hundred percent in, yeah. but a hundred percent of your garden isn't dedicated to fall. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, in some shape, form, or fashion, it is. I mean, you have to think. You know, garlic's going to take up a bigger portion. Um, you know, I do a lot of turnips, collars and stuff like that, but also I space things out a little bit more than is recommended. Mm-hmm. So there is that because I have more space so I can do that. Um, I actually have some breaking news too. Um, and I want to say, thank God I'm not a politician because the flip flopness is just stunning. So, um, this is only part of my life where it, that excites me. The idea of being kind of, one could argue like fickle, you know, like it's, I, no, I like it, the idea that I have so many options until you, I have to, I have to go down the list of options, but go on. What's so the breaking it, news? It's not fickle. It's in gardening. It's called, um, it, it's called moving, you know, going with the tide, going with the flow. And I pull, um, my soybeans, my edamame. I I mistimed them a little bit and so I had problems get I wanted to do another sowing of them I had problems so I decided to let them you know really mature and go to seed but I still have another two two-ish months of like solid growing right so what I did is I went back and I said okay well they're finishing up now I was out there today and I gave them a good weeding and stuff and I went and I planted underneath them and when I say underneath them I don't mean underneath the plant I mean underneath the shade of the plant I planted um, dramatic pause over bush beans so <laughs> but let me tell that you why that was me rolling my eyes yeah that was welcome but let back me, let me tell you why we, didn't, and, we really didn't have a chance to miss you because you weren't gone long <laughs> yeah that's true but because my green beans have a disease right now and i'm sorry I, i'm so tickled with myself i'm so impressed with myself i'm not i'm i'm flirting with not getting a bumper crop of green beans which would be the first in you know 15 years that i haven't done that so that's why i went but see the reason why i brought that up is because that would be a prime space 
to mulch, rest, plant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I made that decision at this point because then I can go back and say, okay, well, if I get a crop out of them, then I can just clear that bed and put it to bed and let it rest for the winter. So these are going to always... almost always be a good planting decision as a filler um so (laughs) let me tell you about why i shouldn't have laughed that hard because earlier in the year i was like oh i have so many volunteer beans and you know how i'm like i love that i am building on my knowledge of when something germinates i know what it is Mm -hmm. you know all of those beans i have i do definitely have some yard long beans that have volunteered second year in a row they volunteered but i thought i had a bunch of bush beans that's the only other bean i planted last year i can't even place what weed this really is that's all around my garden now and all of the spaces that i thought was going to be the bush yeah. bean i keep on taking a picture of it and searching i kind of it's like on the tip of my tongue but i can't quite figure it out um so this is going to be probably the lowest producing bean season i have the, the bean tp and i'm really really like i'm it's all or nothing on that yeah you know so i'm thinking it's going to be enough to maybe get me through the latter part of the august challenge you know but for storage i'm not quite sure yeah this would be the first year that i haven't had a bumper crop so you know this is an attempt for me to bounce back and use what in my mind is using a variety for a, a good purpose for it, which is a quick crop, come in, get it, harvest it, get it out. When I say quick, I mean, it's going to take, you know, 45, 50 days to end up getting a crop. But if I can get these plants to produce, then it's worth my while. Now, at the same time, I can go back afterwards and I can still plant, you know, my carrot seeds and stuff like that by the time they're done. And they're going to be, you know, ready to go for the spring of next year. So it's always a good option, you know, keep your options open and just roll with the punches. You know what I mean? It's like I swore them off and I I grabbed them today and I was like, son of a bitch, I'm going back and I'm going to do it. And I was like, I'm doing this. But it was out of necessity. You know what I mean? And so there's blank spots in the garden that you want to fill. But one Mm -hmm. thing, um, I actually recorded a video about this and then I decided not to put it up because it was as I watched, I was like, it's kind of obnoxious. But um, I was obnoxious in it. But the one thing is like, if your bed, if something doesn't work out and it doesn't grow, like don't freak out about it. Maybe you shouldn't replant there. Maybe you should just let it rest. You know what I mean? There's You're using a lot out of your soil. So factoring that into your percentage, if you want to get technical about it, is a good thing because you can make it so you don't grow you don't put so much stress and you can build for the next year and it's okay not to have a completely filled fall garden um agreed on it's okay not to have a completely filled fall garden uh uneducated and unexperienced statement i i'm not convinced the amount of rest we're giving to these beds are really of, of value are really doing good right i know that it's not hurting you know especially if you have the bed mulch you don't have to worry about the drying out of soil but i don't know letting a bed rest for seven or ten days if that matters much even if it's letting it rest for a month um so i'm talking again, about letting it rest for a season okay All right. you know like your garden rests every year Like you get three months of rest every year in your garden soil Mm -hmm. versus me. Like I'm pumping stuff out of my garden consistently. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different. Brag much? No. No, because (laughs) it causes me problems is what it does. It's I mean, yeah, it's nice to grow. But at the same time, you know, you have things like green beans that don't grow and cucumbers that don't grow and you don't know why. And this is probably why they don't grow. So you know it's four I mean? beds of varying sizes, um, not two, like four spaces that are empty, have been empty. I didn't have a plan as to what I was going to put in. It's well, actually, three of the four things I spaces I didn't have a plan for. One I had a plan for and the plan failed. Um, so I, I, I want to go back and stress again the idea of the plan for, which is the reason why this is such a great listener question. Um and I think that um, as we get into fall, you have fewer chances, fewer at bats, fewer chances to yeah. kind of resow, um, fewer chances to kind of try again, just because your days are, are numbered. <laughs> uh, sorry, again, just you crack yourself up today. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, 
So my garden is not 100% and will not be 100% fall. Yeah, mine will start off that way, but it won't end that way. Guarantee it. I'm terrible about this kind of, um, like, kind of uh, estimate. But I'm going to say maybe 30%, maybe. I deserve the right by the end of the series to come back and adjust that number. Maybe 40%. Um, because even though I have these four empty spots, there's still other spaces in my garden that I want to, are you laughing at me? That I want to put fall things into. No, I'm um, not laughing. I'm so thinking. every space that I have that is empty right now is a candidate for fall plantings. Mm-hmm. And then I have one or two spaces again, don't a space doesn't equal a full garden bed necessarily. Um, but just know that they're like, it's more than like, you know, a square foot. I am talking about like, you know, I think probably it's the narrow beds that go like the eight foot by like one and a half feet. And then it's like maybe a three or maybe a four by four foot space or something like that. We haven't even got to the things that I'm harvesting that I will harvest that will still need to come out. Like think about all the potatoes I have. Yeah. They're growing in different spaces. Those will definitely be harvested probably right in time for, you know, some fall plantings. That wasn't on purpose. So um, I want to kind of wrap this up because I actually have a recipe that I've been waiting to give and this is a perfect episode for it. But my dream this year in all reality is to do 75% fall. And then, you know, for me, winter is a different story. So I won't really go into that right now, but 75% planted in the fall. That being said, not every bed will be completely planted. So mm-hmm. the beds that struggle with sun, I know that there's sections of that bed that get less sun than other sections. So I won't be planting in those. Oh, that's such a great point. But then also my wild garden, I rebuilt it this year. I put um, raised beds in for the first time this year I put soil in there and I got bad soil and when I say bad soil I don't mean toxic soil I mean just like dead soil and the reason I know that is because every time I fertilize things pick perk up Mm -hmm. so I've noticed that I I give fertilizer I get a bump in growth and then I don't get anything then I give more fertilizer get another bump in growth so that being said I plan and my plan last year was like hey plant this because it gets more sun in the winter in fall plant this heavily and let the other section kind of rest but i don't know how that's going to go so what i'm going to do is i'm going to gamble i'm going to start extra seeds and i'm going to i'm going to compost it really well i'm going to fertilize it after i specifically after i get my sweet potatoes out i'm going to let it sit for a couple weeks with all that in there let the water get the nutrients in and then mulch it and then plant and then remulch it and see how it goes I appreciate your resilience and and sticking at that. I'm sticking it. I'm sticking it to the the bad soil, man. Mm-hmm. So with that, I being do s- no. I oh, raise oh, my okay, hand. Okay, yes, you and do. I pulled it back to let you know I don't need to interrupt you. I don't need to stop <laughs> in this moment, but I have something. Once you're done speaking, and Go. look at you trying to skip ahead. So um, containers. So in my head. At the beginning of August, I have a plan for leafy greens, probably ideally lettuce. I have a set of small containers that I plan on rolling out and using containers in general. Once you get to super cold weather, it's a different story. But containers in general, you can move around, of course, to those sunnier spots. Um, And so I plan on doing some of that. and I'm talking about rolling out some containers that I'm not already planting in. So I don't have to worry about what's already there for summer. Um, and I say that as of the beginning of August, because anything could happen between August and September. Yeah. <laughs> and I can change my mind. But I love this idea. Right. Um, more so than deploying the same method in the spring. Right. You know, so the soil clearly is going to be warm as I, you know, put it into the containers and as I put them out. Um, So I'm super excited about that. If you don't solely plant in containers, then consider adding some to your garden, even for this purpose. There you go. 
Miss Batavia had to get the containers in the conversation, and I respect it. Yeah. All right, everybody. With that being said, we will be right back with what I hope to be will be a banger recipe of the day. Okay, so this recipe, I've got this magazine that I somehow I got it. It's free. It's super pretentious and it's horrible, and it's nothing but an advertisement for over um, overpriced stuff. But um, there's this recipe in there, and now truth be told, I have not had it yet because I don't have this growing yet. But it is for a sandwich, and it's called the collard melt. So it is not. Um, there's a lot of ingredients. You might want to get a pen and paper out. It looks amazing. So, hey it, Ben. Yeah. They could basically rewind and okay. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. This don't, isn't don't, live television. Don't do that. It's only live. It only airs once, and that's it. You only get access to it once. So this will make six um, collard melt sandwiches. It takes four bunches of collard greens. Um, Six tablespoons of unsalted butter, six to eight cloves of garlic, uh, five tablespoons of sugar, third of a cup of red wine vinegar, uh, half a cup of unseasoned rice vinegar, a third a cup of Louisiana-style hot sauce, uh, one tablespoon of Zatarain's Creole seasoning. I can already tell you changes I'd make. Um, One tablespoon of chili flakes, granulated uh, bouillon, two teaspoons of that, kosher salt, green cabbage sliced thinly, a half a cup of mayo, a quarter cup of white onion, sliced distilled white vinegar, one and a half tablespoons of that, ground pepper, and it says, oh, and then additional butter for the bread. And then rye bread, Swiss cheese, and Russian dressing. So you tear the collard leaves from the stems, and you cut them into one to two inch pieces. Melt butter, add garlic, cook, stir, add until fragrant but not brown. So this is kind of a first for me. Usually I brown it. Um, Add sugar, red wine, rice vinegar, and hot sauce, creole seasoning, chili flakes, bouillon, add all of that. And then eight cups of water. And bring this to a mixture for a minute and put the collards in. And then you'll put them in in a few batches. You let them cook down and you cook them for about two hours. So this is going Batavia style. Usually I cook them for about 10 and they'd be a little rough. So. <laughs> Um, and then you let them cool and it'll make about six cups you can put it and it'll store for a week and then you combine the cabbage mayo onion vinegar salt and everything else into the mayo massage it to make a coleslaw and then you make your bread and butter and you can make it like a grilled cheese kind of and put it all together but it looks the picture just looked absolutely amazing let me see the picture Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, it looks yeah. good, don't it? Yeah, yeah. It I'm looks not good. normally I'm I'm one for giving things a try, but I've just been like frowned up this entire time. Yeah. Um however yeah. You look at that picture <laughs> and it's on point. So I'll, if I'll I post... listen back to this, it sounds like it, like the heavier instructions were the ways just the way to cook the greens. So I got that covered. Yeah. I think the idea of the assembly of the sandwich to make sure it's not too soggy. Yeah. You know, so probably uh, making sure you don't have too much of that pot liquor in those greens. You know, listen, I actually have I really should already have done this. A big green harvest day. And that's actually how much how many cups of collard greens at the beginning of the recipe was it four four bunches four bunches which it says oh, is well, about that's... 10 ounces each i mean whatever yeah yeah i, I Look, guess my point is that, that i mean it's a it's a great way to to manage leftovers for collards i love the idea that they also are combining cabbage in it i'm not sold but because of my love for collard greens you know i'm gonna have to give this a try well i'm sold because it's very north carolina heavy and so the changes the I would make is, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with vinegars and stuff. But first mm-hmm. of all, I would uh, I would not use Zatarans. That is a sin. It's Old Bay or No Bay. 
Um, and then I would also use Texas Pete. I wouldn't use Louisiana style hot sauce. I'd use straight up Texas Pete. Mm. But all the vinegars and stuff, it does. I mean, it's very reminiscent of like cooking collars, but putting it on a sandwich. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it's not my usual where it's like super simple. And well, it actually it puts me in the mind when you talk about the um, the coleslaw. It puts me in the mind of like a um, like what is it called? Um, like a pulled pork sandwich or something, and then yep. you put, you know, some coleslaw on top of it. So it's like a veget, almost a vegetarian, vegetarian version of that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I would add a protein on it, so you can do that too. They it, have a bunch of recipes. I mean, on the next page, there's an ad or a uh, a story about buying a five thousand dollar kayak. So I mean, there's that. Oh but yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll just stick with our collars. <laughs> But I mean, I'll put the um, I'll post this on Patreon for all the patrons and stuff like that. A picture of it so you can follow it. Much more complex recipe. Yeah, it's not very complex. It's just a long list of ingredients, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. you know, me I would I would use one kind of vinegar and call it a day. Probably I'm Mm -hmm. not going to use 14 kinds of vinegar and all that stuff. I mean, in part, you cook your greens, you make some coleslaw, you assemble a sandwich. And you make a grilled cheese sandwich with it with mm-hmm. some Russian dressing on it. You know, what type of cheese do they recommend? Swiss. I think things like that are actually important because the idea is that that particular type of cheese should complement, you know, the flavors that you have in the sandwich. Don't be going to put no American cheese on it, folks. I'm not putting no uh, Swiss on. I can tell you that though. I don't <laughs> like Swiss. But maybe provolone. I could see it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So there, there you go. It's a, it's a, it looks delicious. I haven't tried it, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you as soon as I get collards, this is going in the pot. So, I mean, grilled cheese is like, that's a whole genre. There are some fanciest grilled cheeses out there, like grilled cheese type sandwiches. But anyway, dude, I went to, when I used to live in New England, there was, um, I lived by a town called Newburyport, Massachusetts. And I, I was in the next town over, which had like a hundred people live in it. But you go over there and there's a cheese shop. Mm-hmm, Never mm-hmm. been in like a cheese shop. Mm-hmm. Man, there's some nasty ass cheeses out there, boy. I've seen them on television, on movies yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, it looks good. It, I mean, try it. But I would definitely use the rye bread. And it to me, actually, what it sounds like is a patty melt. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks a like. A patty too. melt. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like a patty melt. So... We'll put we'll post that on Patreon for you guys and um hey while you're at it I'll put it public on Patreon too so everybody can see it so I won't be it won't be a secret <laughs> but Good on you I hope that helps you guys out I hope that we have kind of I hope we've answered uh, Dorian's question a little bit and I mean you can apply it to fall and we'll probably need to circle back and do a condensed version for spring maybe <laughs> we'll <laughs> see about that but. It's always good to keep a mental note and really this time of year start looking and just paying attention to the heat because in the coming weeks, I mean, next week we're going to be talking all things seeds for this. So, and specifically what we can get quick growings of and quick harvest of, and you can direct so for a quick turnaround. So we'll do that. And then we'll talk about thriving fall gardens and all that good stuff. So everybody, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a member of the backyard gardens crew. Uh, check us out on Patreon, YouTube, um, and also on backyard gardens TV and on be better garden on YouTube. We've both done before and afters of our garden garden tours. So check those out. So you can see how they go throughout the year. And maybe you can be inspired. Maybe not. Who, who knows? It's one of my favorite things, one of my favorite visuals yeah. when it comes to people sharing their space. Um, so I'm excited. And this fall series, like cracking this code for you as an individual gardener and it, for me as an individual gardener, it's one of the things I'm most passionate about when it comes to gardening. Where I am in this kind of garden space as of, you know, the last yeah. handful of years, probably the next few years. So. Yep. And if I could give you one tip right now, if it's done producing, diseased, damaged, or not growing, rip it up and put something in its place for fall. Remind me about young plants versus really mature plants. Next episode. Okay. Tell them something good. Oh, see ya.
We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.